Welcome to Sam's Business Growth Show. I'm Sam Dunning, a digital marketing, sales, and business growth evangelist. Tune in and subscribe today as I'll be interviewing business leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs from around the globe. You'll be learning their story, how digital marketing has helped them along the way, and exclusive tips and insights to help you skyrocket your own business. And welcome back to a fresh episode of Sam's Business Growth Show. I'm delighted and excited to be joined by Larry Levine today. Larry is the best-selling author of Selling from the Heart and co-host of the Selling from the Heart podcast. In a post-trust sales world, Larry Levine helps sales teams leverage the power of authenticity to grow revenue, grow themselves, and enhance the lives of their clients. Larry is leading the revolution of authenticity, integrity, and substance in the sales profession and he's not shy when it comes to delivering his message. Larry, a warm welcome, Squire. How are you doing? Hey, Sam, what's going on, man? <laughs> welcome to the show. And looking forward to having a conversation today on a few of our key topics that everyone tuning in wants to learn. So we'd love to learn a bit more about your story. Um, so some of the key places you've worked at up to now, but most importantly, some actionable tips when it comes to sales, when it comes to marketing, and when it comes to, to business growth in general. Um, and then we'll talk a bit more about where you are today. So a bit about your book, a bit about your podcast, uh, a bit about your sales training and, and some of the channels you've used to leverage <laughs> and build that, is, build that to where it is today. But if we can start from the top, learn a bit more about you and your background, that'd be an excellent start, please. Oh, awesome. I'm looking forward to this. I'm, I'm super excited to be able to share my story. Um, and I'm a big believer in this. We all have stories to tell. We yeah, all have, definitely. we all go through journeys. We can all learn from each other. I'm a big believer that stories sell and the, and those in sales or in marketing must collect stories. If we can collect stories and repackage them and retell them, it sure does help. So just a, just a real quick snapshot, Sam, I spent my whole entire career, which spanned about 28, almost 29 years. I was in one sales channel. So I sold photocopiers and, and software solutions my whole entire life in Los Angeles, California. And I share that it's one of the most doggy dog commoditized sales channels around. I grew up in the second largest market in the United States selling copiers. But there's something that I learned along the way. And I became really cognizant of my surroundings. And I became cognizant of all the broken dreams and busted promises that salespeople were delivering. And I'm not here to bash salespeople. I'm just here just to kind of share what I've observed throughout my life. And I go, you know, there has to be a better way. And I'm a big believer in this, that we can learn so much from our customers. We just have to be willing to ask. And that's what I did as a young, inexperienced sales rep growing up in the copier channel. I just asked for help. And asking for help is not a sign of weakness. Actually asking for help is a sign of strength. And I just started to ask people, what do they like and don't like about salespeople? I started to ask customers, right? What do you like and don't like about copier people? Because that's the sales channel I grew up in. And I started to learn something along the way. And the list of everything they didn't like, Sam, was like this, right? It what were some of the examples? Oh my God, they lie, you know, they lie, right? They tell me everything. They, they have commission breath, right? The minute yeah. the sale happens, they vanish, right? <laughs> they're, king, they're kings and queens until the sale happens and then they all turn into frogs, right? And, and, and I share this because 
I just did things completely polar opposite. I never overcomplicated sales. I'm a, just a pure basic guy that understands the pure foundations of sales. And I knew something right up front. If I wasn't real, genuine, heartfelt, if I didn't show how much I cared about my clients, my prospects, my marketplace, my community, it was going to be hard in a world where they just don't trust salespeople, right? I mean, just, let's just think about it. I don't care. I don't care where you're at in the world. People's perception of salespeople is not that great because the sales world's done it to themselves. So I spent that whole entire time in the copier channel doing the complete polar opposite of what perception was. And I'm a big believer perception's reality, but it's through the people's eyes that count the most, which are your clients and your prospects. So all I really did was change their perception, do the complete polar opposite, engage in human conversation, and I tied it in with business conversation and sales conversation. And pretty soon I started to see some success with it. And I just did the same thing every single day, which is completely polar opposite because most people in sales are consistently inconsistent with everything they do anyway. Very and there's true. no magic pill to this, right, Sam? Everyone, everyone looks for a magic pill. There isn't really a magic pill. It's called hard work, discipline, and determination. Got it. So you, you, you created a list. You spoke to customers, it sounded like, Larry. You took everything that they didn't like about salespeople, flipped on its head, did the opposite. Um, so, and then, then leveraged that in terms of having human conversations um, so when we say a human conversation, what's the difference between a typical salesperson conversation and then something that you'd say is more natural, more human, like more effective? Well, I, I think, you know, I think the biggest thing is I'm going to come back to it, but I'll start at the sales conversation level first. I think yeah, most sure. salespeople start off with sales conversations. It's always product centric, company centric, all about them centric, Right. And, and it's okay. I'm not here to say what's right nor wrong, but I'm, a sales conversation has to happen, but at the right time. And when you start off a, uh, the first conversation, right, I'm just going to use you as an example. If my very first conversation with Sam is 100% sales conversation, product-driven, company-centric, Sam forms an opinion of me really fast. And rightfully so. But if I open up that conversation with Sam in a normal way, and when I say a normal way where I'm, I've, I'm inviting Sam into that conversation, it changes the outcome. And I'm a big believer. You change the conversation and you change the outcome. So I might open a conversation. I learned this a long time ago. I might open a conversation by sharing with Sam, here's some things that I've learned along the way in working with people similar to you. Okay. Right. Over the last 90 days, I've discovered these three things that people with your same position are having issues with. Any of those sound familiar? That's a normal conversation. And then at the time, I'm tying in a sales conversation and a business conversation to it. And I think that's where a lot of salespeople struggle. Nice. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's a good mix. I quite like that. Okay, cool. So moving on. Um, so you're- <laughs> In the copier world, in the dog-eat-dog, copier sales trading world, um, 
So how, how long ago is this, Larry? And because I know you did it, you've, you've been doing this most of your life, haven't you, in terms of copier sales? And I'm sure you've got a few stories to, to share in terms of uh, lessons learned in, in terms of sales, marketing and, and biz growth. So, uh, yeah, take, take us take us on to the next step, really. So you're, you're asking help. You're engaging in more human conversations. It sounds like you, were, you started to hit sales targets consistently. Is that right? Yeah. And, and so it was funny. I started, I started my sale. Now I'm going to date myself, right? So um, if I'm 55 years old right now. I started my sales career in 1987, probably before you were born. I imagine, right? You're a young chap <laughs> anyway. So um, my first year was brutal. Absolutely was brutal. But I learned a lot of great lessons along the way. And, 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 and the reason why I say this is because success doesn't happen overnight. And that's what I learned a long time ago. But I knew something along the way is I made non-negotiable deals with myself. If I was to achieve success, if I was to hit targets, then I had to do certain non-negotiable things every single day. And the non-negotiable things that got me to where I'm at is I do the same thing every day. And in sales, right now, I'm, I mean, I'm doing something completely polar opposite than that I started my career in, but I made prospecting non-negotiable. I prospected every single day. I prospected for new conversations. I prospected for new relationships. And I knew that in order to have an ever-flowing sales funnel, I had to have an ever-flowing relationship funnel. And I saw early on most salespeople's sales funnels were anemic. They were spotty at best. And I held myself to a higher degree of standard than any sales manager. I had, I had more dysfunctional sales managers and I was on more dysfunctional sales teams than I care to shake a stick at. So I became my own best sales manager and I held myself to a high degree of accountability and I made I just made this negotiable pact with myself that, hey, you know what? I'm going to just keep my head down. I'm going to make the non-negotiables and that's all I'm going to do. I'm going to prospect every single day. I'm going to open up new conversations, build new relationships. If I do that consistently over time, I will achieve success. And that's what I did. I spent 28, almost 29 years in the copier channel. I transformed people's perceptions of copier people because I made it all about them. And I, the more I made it about them, the more I built rock solid, deep, meaningful relationships. They helped me grow my business. Nice. And what was it inside you that made you learn that you had to do this? Was it learning the hard way of um, just winging it didn't work in sales, which a lot of us have tried. I know I certainly have in my early days. Yeah, I mean, of course. I mean, wing it doesn't work. That's not a recipe for success, though. We've all been there, right? Even Even myself, right? But what, what's interesting is that six, sales is hard, right? I'm just going to throw it out there. Sales is hard. Sales isn't easy. But if you do the core foundational stuff of sales and you do it with consistency and you're committed to it and you're disciplined and you're determined to do it and you set up non-negotiables, you will see success. And that, and that's, that's basically what I did, Sam. I mean, there's not a, I always say it's not rocket science. I grew up with a dad who was a rocket scientist and he overcomplicated everything. And I said, you know, we were the complete polar opposite. So that's kind of what drove me is what drove me was perception. 
And what drove me was the way people viewed my industry that I grew up in. The people grew, you know, viewed my industry in so much negative light, right? And I mean, we could, I can throw just bad words on top of this and so forth, and I'm not going to go there. But I, I took that to heart and I said, you know what? It's a great profession. Sales is a great profession. Salespeople give it a bad rap and rightfully so. I mean, I mean, I don't say rightfully so, but salespeople give it a bad name that then gets transferred out into, into the marketplace. That's all I was doing. I was just cognizant of, and I just changed people's perceptions. I did everything. I committed to it. And I just said, you know what? This is me. You're going to get what you get. It's going to be the complete polar opposite. And I sold memories and experiences. Awesome. Awesome. I love that statement, making non-negotiable rules for yourself that you have to follow each and every day. Of course, that being, being in sales, being in business in general, prospecting for new customers is key without those. Oh, then... Okay. So, here, so here's what's interesting, Sam, is if people know prospecting is so important, then why did they stop prospecting? Think about that one for a second. So they, they live, salespeople live on prospecting roller coasters. Most of them live on LinkedIn, don't they? <laughs> oh, do not. <laughs> you don't, do, don't even wind. You're going to wind me up. On the top <laughs> <in a> <laughs> a little bit of fate. But yeah, before we get into that, okay. So the non-negotiable rules, prospecting every day. Were there any other non-negotiable rules that you think, or that you had, or you think are key for anyone in sales or business to, to be following? Yeah. So, so there was, there was, um, there was two things that I really, really focused on Yep. that I, and these were two other non-negotiables. One was I was, I made a non-negotiable pack with myself that I was going to open up conversations and new relationships with people in a non-salesy way. It worked for me. Some people, it may not work and that's okay. But I knew in my heart, if I opened up the front end really well, when I say the front end, if I opened up that very first connection, that very first conversation with somebody and I changed their opinion and I changed their perception, I was golden because I knew that the whole journey that we took together was going to be comfortable. And I'm a big believer in this and I held myself accountable to it is the more comfortable I made somebody feel, the more comfortable they were in sharing uncomfortable things going on in their office, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, 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 I, I get and what you're saying. It, you see, it, and, you see it, and, that, and that's why I was so keyed in on the front end of how I met people, the first meeting I had with people. I wanted to make them feel so comfortable that they started sharing things with me that they wouldn't share with other salespeople. And then the other part of the journey that, that I was really non-negotiable with is what happens after the sale because okay. most sale, and this was just from asking people, Sam, most people, if you ask, right. Go, and I would encourage your listeners and, and I'd challenge them on this is go ask your customers right now. How many of the salespeople that have sold them things fail to come by afterwards or they're spotty at best with, with how they take care of them. I was cognizant of that. I flipped it on its head and I go, you know what? It's just as important up until the sale. It's more even important after the sale. 
So I created an experience like none other and I played off of it. I'd say, you know what, this is what you can expect from me. This is what you can expect from me on a monthly basis, a quarterly basis. I'm going to spoil you. I'm going to create such an experience that you're going to go out and share it with other people. And I created Disneyland type moments for my customers. Because I knew, I knew when it was said and done, I was selling products and services and solutions and all that. People don't like getting into conversations about products and solutions and services. Salespeople will geek out on that stuff all day long. But what, what your customers, what your prospects want to talk about are the memories and the experiences. If you can capture those, you're golden. And then tie that in and we all agree that stories sell. And that's all I did is I shared the experiences of my clients. I shared the stories of how I've helped them. And I changed their perception. I wasn't the smartest. I I wasn't the smartest sales guy out there. There was people that would outsell me, out strategize me, outwit me, but no, nobody was going to out care me and nobody was going to take care of customers better than me. And was that Larry, was that just about setting expectations up front with your customers? So I know you mentioned you're spoiling them. So were you saying, look, if, if we are, if we are to do business here, I'm going to catch up with you like every few weeks and we're going to go through this. We're going to spend an hour together each week going through X, Y, and Z that make sure everything's on track. You're happy. You've got any questions. Is, is that what you mean? Or is it something a bit different? No, no. It's, um, do you remember it in, in the very beginning, you know, of our time together that is I shared that I, I created, cause I asked, I created a lot, a list of everything that they didn't like about salespeople and I compared to what they loved about salespeople. Well, then I also compiled a list of tell me all the horrific experiences you've had with salespeople and tell me all the good experiences you've had with salespeople. So what uh-huh. I did is I captured all the horrific experiences they had with salespeople and I kept a memory bank of those. And I would sit down with executives and I would, cause I was calling into large corporations in LA and I will, I'll use you as an example, Sam. I'd say, you know, at, at a, Sam, at a certain point in time, if you agree that we're the right fit, you're going to probably ask me certain questions around how will you take care of us, right? You'll ask for references and so forth. I can almost guarantee you, Sam, at a certain point in time, you've experienced this with salespeople. And I went through the list of all the bad experiences. And then Sam would say, you're right, Larry, I have. I said, well, yep. this is what you can expect from me. Nice. And I just went point A, point B, point C, right? So it's pretty and much. I would, and then I'd be cognizant of their eye movement and what they would say. And I go, you probably don't believe me. And rightfully so. But here's a list. Here's a list of my clients right now. All I'm going to ask you to do is randomly point to one just randomly point to one because I kept one with me, a list. Point to one. I'll give you my main contact's name. I'll give you their phone number and you go ask them the experiences they have with me. And guess what, Sam? Not many took me up on it because I delivered the message with clarity. I was concise and I, there was conviction behind it and they believed me. 
Oh, that's great. It's, it sounds like you were dealing with objections before they actually came in front of you. So knowing... Yeah, it, 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 I mean, let's just touch on that because I'm not here to, to poo-pooey objections, right? We got to learn how to overcome them. But I think, you know, it's why I said if you create a pleasant, comfortable experience up front, it's a normal flow of conversation so that when Sam says something that may be an objection, it may not really be an objection. It's we're just having a conversation. But if you screw up the front end of this, you screw up the whole entire journey. And then you're learning how to overcome this objection or you're going to, you know, say this to get that. You see where I'm going? It, it, there's, I didn't, I always tell people I don't have a PhD in any of this stuff. I just have a PhD from getting the crap kicked out of me my whole life. selling copiers. I was just really cognizant of this two things, words matter and message matters. And I really keen in, I was really keenly aware and I was cognizant of what people said. Okay. And I did the complete polar opposite of what they ever expected from a salesperson. Love it. That's what I said. It's not rocket. It's not my whole career in sales. And even what I'm doing today, there's no, there's no science behind it at all. It's just the whole power behind connecting with a human and showing how much you care and making them feel so comfortable. They will share uncomfortable things going on in their office. That simple. And would you say, Larry, you, you mentioned quite a few times the opening part, being human, having human-like conversations, getting them to open up, which is obviously key because in my opinion, um, the initial conversations, exploratory discovery calls or discovery meetings, uh, probably a large proportion of the sell, in, in my opinion. I don't know if you agree, but I'd say that, that initial part, getting people to open up about what, how their business works, who their buyers are. Their, their pain points, kind of where they want to prove, talking about their, the future state, the experiences they want to feel. If you can't get nail that, then the sales pretty much lost from day one. I don't know if you agree. Yeah, no, I, I agree with what you said. And I'm not here to discredit anything that you just said. I, there's huge truth to what you just said, especially around discovery and asking the right questions and so forth. But I want everyone to think about this for just a moment is if you don't make somebody in the very beginning comfortable, then what? And I learned a long time ago, most salespeople, their conversations are transactional in nature. Think about that for a second. Most sales conversations are transactional based. When you have transactional based conversations with people, you are building a transactional relationship. And that transactional relationship will get replaced by somebody other, somebody else who comes along, some slick talking salesperson who has a better transactional conversation and you're done, you're toast. I just learned how to transform conversations in the very beginning. Yeah, I was a sales guy. I knew it, right? They knew I was in sales but I made them feel comfortable. And when they felt comfortable, they started sharing things with me. They weren't sharing with other people. I was learning more about their business and I was, they were sharing more with me than anybody else. I knew because I asked. Is that simple? Simple as that. Awesome, dude. Well, moving forwards, 
So <laughs> you're, sm- you're smashing the, the, the copy of sales. It sounds like that you've shared with us some great tips so far in terms of how you're able to succeed, how you're able to make your customers comfortable. Um, before we move into to where you are now, before we talk a little bit about the book, about your sales training and uh, podcast, is there any other lessons that we, we should talk about to, to share with the audience or should we jump straight into that? Now, I, I would say, because this, this, this will be a good segue, is expect the unexpected in sales. You got to learn how to deal with bad situations and overcome them. And the reason why I say this is at 50 years old, I found myself without a job after 28, almost 29 years in the copier channel. And it was humbling. I cried for days because it had never happened before. So I had to pick myself up and figure out, okay, what am I going to do? And I go, okay, that's the magic number, right? 50 year old guy going through a midlife crisis. But then what I did is um, through, through the help of my wife and now, you know, my podcast partner is they said, you know, why don't you take what you did in the copier channel and repackage it up and help sales teams reinvent, right? Re-engage with themselves. And, and where I was really, really good at was how to position myself and how to bring the best version of myself to life. And that's what I did. I repositioned myself in a crowded marketplace. I leveraged the power of social. And I got my message out there. And at 50 years old, I reinvented myself. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go back out into the sales world. And I'm going to bring me to life. And that's why I wave the flag around authenticity, integrity, and substance and heart in the sales profession. It's long overdue. Love it. And, okay. And, and that's what I did. I, I mean, literally, in the span of three years, I started a podcast, wrote a book, and created a movement around selling from the heart. And I'm waving the flag all over the place. I don't care what profession you're in. It could be marketing. It could be sales. You could be a small business owner. You could be a solo entrepreneur. If you bring sincerity, substance, and heart to your job, to your clients, to your marketplace, great things start to happen. And that's what I did. I created, I absolutely, there wasn't anybody, Sam, in outside the Los Angeles marketplace that knew who I was. Zero. It goes back to, I'm a big believer, words matter, message matters, and how you carry yourself and how you engage. I built a whole movement around three things. It's how I educate people. It's how I engage people. And it's how I excite them into conversations. And I started a podcast selling from the heart without a single listener three and a half years ago. It's now a widely accepted podcast, but a ton of people listen to it. I'm forever grateful. In September of 2018, I launched the book selling from the heart and it opened up doors like there's no tomorrow. And, and it's just, I pinch myself when I see people holding up my book and the impact I've had on people is my commitment is to change the sales profession. And it's all around the things that nobody wants to talk about. I, I flipped authenticity on its head in the sales profession, heart, sincerity, right? All the soft skills that people talk about. I hit those things head on. But everybody else in sales wants to deal with all the more complicated things. I go, no, you know what? 
understand your value, understand your self-worth, become more confident in what you do, bring your heart to the forefront, be a, be a real genuine human being, because in times and challenging times that we're all going through, that's what matters. And there's going to be good times and bad times with your clients. The bad times are never that bad if you're there and you care for them and you respect them and you show how much you appreciate them. The bad times are never that bad. But when you crap on your customers and you have spotty follow through, the bad times magnify salespeople freak out. They point fingers all over the place. The finger that everybody's in sales should be pointing at is them. They're accountable to them. And that's what I'm bringing to the sales profession through selling from the heart. Yep. Some, some awesome points there. So yeah, a few, a few points I'd like to dive a bit deeper in Larry. So like you said, at 50, you sadly lost your job. You, you spoke to your friends and they said, look, you, sh- you should start shifting all of you learned um, over the last 28 <laughs> years or so and start training people, start putting your processes and practices into play. So you said you leverage social. Um, what do you mean exactly when you say that Larry? Yeah, when I say I leverage social and, and I'm, 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 I don't want to take this down a rabbit hole, Sam, but, um, cause this could get, this can go off in a different tangent really quick. It, when I say I leverage social is I flip the use of LinkedIn on its head. Now I'm not here to discredit anybody, you know, who does LinkedIn training, coaching and all that. Um, the power of how I use LinkedIn and social has got me to where I'm at, but I use it in a completely different way. I'm a big believer in this. The whole purpose of social in my book, at least through a sales professional's eyes is so they look credible. They walk credible. They engage, they educate, they excite, they connect with people. They invite them into conversations. They use this as a research tool, right? And then freaking get it off a of social as fast as possible. Yep. Take it offline. But, 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 but I, I knew this because I was really cognizant of this, Sam, is first impressions matter. They matter in my world, perceptions, reality. So when I ask salespeople, hey, I said, listen, do first impressions matter? Yes, they do okay, well, what's the first impression of you if I'm going to look at you online? I, I think we, we have to move beyond the point of social selling this and old school this and new school that. I mean, there's enough people that engage in that crapola online, right? But let's just get real for a moment. We live in this world where everybody pokes holes at everybody. Everybody goes online lickety split to find out something about Sam. Heck, you did it with me and I did it with you. It's common practice. So if we live in a sales world where they don't trust us, they think we're full of bull crap and they're skeptical about everything we have to say, then do something about it. And I just chose to build a rock solid. I walk, talk, live and breathe the exact same way online as I do face to face. Got it. And, and, and I knew that especially in the marketplace and the channel that I grew up in, people were going to poke holes at me. And the first place they were going to look was online. So I go, okay, I'm going to kibosh this right away. I'm going to position myself to look like the complete polar opposite of what they thought. 
So when somebody lands on my social presence, right, my LinkedIn profile, any other social channel I communicate on, I walk, talk, and breathe professionalism. And so when, when I say the leverage, the power of social is I just said, you know what, I'm going to clearly articulate my value. I'm going to show people how I can help them. I'm going to maximize all the real estate on my LinkedIn profile. I'm going to do it completely polar opposite. I'm going to share my story and I'm going to invite people in to have a conversation with me. And I knew that if first impressions matter, first conversations matter, then it was going to be the most pleasant experience anybody has because they'll form opinions of me like that. Got it. Smell what I'm cooking? Yeah. I mean, a lot of what we've talked about so far is built, built around it feels experience. So making sure first impressions experiences with yourself or with sales professionals in general are key to get your prospects yeah, customers I, to open up. Yeah, because think about it. it is in, and I'll challenge anybody on this. And I love engaging conversation. I love a healthy conversation. And we may not always agree. And that's okay. But when it's said and done, people buy memories and experiences. I'm a firm believer in that. They buy outcomes. They don't buy products. You got to, as salespeople, you got to be able to tug on someone's heartstrings. And if you can do that, that's freaking magic. Magic. And if you don't do that, you're just viewed as an empty suit in my book. Got it, man. And Lord, and Lord knows there's a ton of empty suits out there. So in terms of that's, that's leveraging social, that's LinkedIn. You had the podcast rolling, rolled out the book in, was it 2018 you said? Uh-huh. Awesome. So were they, they a big impact in terms of being able to grow your business? Because I know now you're, you're teaching sales professionals all over the world. Um, you've also got a book, you've got the podcast. Were they, they a big thinking in terms of generating new business or were you still doing more traditional things like cold calling, cold email and stuff like that to generate prospects? Or it'd be interesting to learn a bit more about that. Yeah. So, so here, here's, um, just so you all know what makes me different is I'm a true practitioner. I eat, sleep and breathe everything that I've just shared with you on this podcast, Sam. That's what makes me different. I have to grow my business, right? I don't rely on any automation, right? I don't rely on all this stuff. What makes me, me is I walk, talk, and breathe this stuff. I have organically grown my business. I've organically grown it through inbound and outbound. I've leveraged social to strategically drive my outbound. But it's, it's all around, you know, three things. And I've shared it before is I'm engaging, I educate, and I excite the hell out of people into a conversation. I don't do boring. But I make it human. This is what you get with me. And I said, I'm not the smartest person out there. But I've, I've really have latched on and honed in on the power of the human connection. And that's sorely, and that is sorely missing in sales and in business all over the place. And when you nail that, that's what's gotten, I mean, that's what I'm waving the flag on. And this, and 
and I always say this, there, there's going to be people out there that, that are doubt all this and they may not believe me and that's okay. Right. There's different philosophies and methodologies for everybody, but when it's all said and done, we're all humans. But so many in sales have dehumanized the whole journey because we hide behind technology. I leverage technology to humanize myself and I push myself through a computer screen. I invite people in. That's all I've done. I'm just, a, I'm just a simple guy who geeks out on sales. <laughs> Sounds like me. I'm well, definitely the simple part anyway. So <laughs> on, on that note, I'm, I'd say I'm very fortunate because I'm just like you. I'm passionate about what I do. I'm passionate about sales. I'm passionate about digital marketing, which is one of the companies I run. <laughs> and I get to do awesome stuff like this podcast, videos, all this kind of stuff. So I'm passionate. I'm excited about what I do. I get excited when I talk to new prospects, my existing customers and so on. But for people that aren't so much, so for sales professionals or even business owners, but for some reason, they're selling a product they find dull. So if they find it dull, the chances are if they're speaking to customers, they might find it dull if that tone's coming across. Are there any tips that you could give them, Larry, to get their customers excited? Yeah. I, I, and again, I'm, I'm going to flip this around, Sam. You got to get excited about yourself first. You got to work on yourself first. That's, that's why I wrote the book, Selling from the Heart the Way I Did, is... Yeah, we got to believe in our product. We got to believe in the company. We got to believe in the solution. We got to believe in the service. I'm not here to cast a dark cloud on that. But if you lack self-confidence, if you lack self-worth, right? It's it, it, People smell it. If there's any tips I can leave people with, Work on yourself every single day. Become self-aware of who you are. Work on your self-confidence. Work on your self-worth. Watch what starts to happen. Believe in yourself. Invest in yourself. Because if you can't invest in yourself and educate yourself and create more confidence, are your clients and prospects going to have any confidence in you? Maybe, but I would say probably not. Great way to end the show. And just um, to dive into that before we finish things up, when you say invest in yourself, are you talking about things like reading books, listening to podcasts, listening to educational videos? Is that what you're talking about? Or is it something a bit different? All the, all the above. I'll leave everybody with this. Think about this for a second. If you fail to invest you will never be able to collect. If you fail to invest in yourself, if you fail to invest in your client relationships, if you fail to invest in your community, if you fail to invest in your marketplace, you will never ever be able to collect on the fruits that those things have to offer. So I would say in the challenging uncertain times that we're all going through all over the place, double down on yourself. And I'll, I'll leave everyone with one thing. You can earn a PhD from your customers. You just have to ask. You can get a free degree in knowledge right from your customers. Hang out with them, build rock solid relationships with them, understand what they're going through. Have them share what they do, right? Look at their roles, whatever titles they have. 
you can learn so much. You can earn a freaking PhD from your customers. You just need to ask. Awesome advice, man. Well, everyone, you've been tuning in to Sam's Business Growth Show, where we sit down with business leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs from around the globe. We find out their story, how digital marketing has helped them along the way, and their exclusive tips and insights to help you skyrocket your business and your sales. Larry, we like to ask everyone that comes on this show, if you could thank just one person, either dead or alive, for having a positive influence on yourself and your career, who would that be and why? Um, I'm going to give a special shout out to a guy named Ryan Blair. Ryan Blair is my first business coach mentor that impacted my life and I was in my early 40s. Ryan Blair's done very well for himself. Something that Ryan Blair taught me that forever changed my life. I would not be here today if it wasn't for him. He taught me how to work on myself, reposition myself and invest in myself. If I didn't make that investment in a coach, I would never be here today. I, would, I wouldn't be doing exactly what I'm doing if it wasn't for that moment in time where I agreed to have somebody enter my life to impact me, to change what I was doing. And that was in my early 40s. So, I mean, that was really not too long ago, 13, 14 years ago. Yeah, couldn't agree more with the personal investment side of things. It's definitely yeah. definitely helped me hugely in terms of business, in terms of sales in general. So yeah. that's a, a great, great bit of advice, man. Well, Larry, tell us a bit more about yourself, your business, the best way people can connect with you and how they can get in touch with your good self. Uh, thanks. Uh, you can find out anything you want about Selling from the Heart. You can go to sellingfromtheheart.net. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook. The Selling from the Heart podcast is on any of your favorite podcast channels. If you want to um, find out about the book, you can go to Amazon. You can just look up Selling from the Heart. If you want to download the first three chapters of the book, you can go to sellingfromtheheart.net forward slash book to download the first three chapters, whet your appetite, and hopefully you want more. Brilliant, man. Thanks so much for coming on. No, it's my pleasure. This is awesome. Thanks, Sam. Are you tired of constantly hunting for new customers? You could be missing out on regular inbound opportunities, all because your website isn't on the first page of Google. Perhaps you're already spending lots of money on advertising, but your website is failing to convert all of your hard-earned visitors into a consistent flow of new customers. If you'd like to learn more about our unusual approach that brings idle clients straight to you, connect with Sam Dunning on LinkedIn or book a free 20-minute consultation via webchoiceuk.com. That's webchoiceuk.com. Subscribe today for more digital marketing, sales and business growth tips from the experts.